uh, Sandcast, everybody. Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Malwerder. Tri is uh, still taking a, a small vacation break. He's been barely doing anything out in Cancun for the last three weeks, barely played any volleyball. And uh, he actually recorded an episode himself with Evie. But, uh, so it's just me and uh, Florida State veteran, not too old though, Sarah Putt. <laughs> <laughs> How are we, Sarah? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, now you are at the end of what is technically what you're like, fifth year in Tallahassee? My sixth year total, but... Okay, your total, because yeah. you had a, a redshirt year and then the COVID nothing year, right? Yeah, those are my two extra, yeah. Okay. Does it so. feel like you've been there for so long? Uh, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't. Like, it's definitely flown by, um, but it was nice because in the fall I got to kind of be in Orlando and get that little break. Yeah. Um, but. Tallahassee, it grows on you eventually. So um, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, you enrolled in Florida State in 2016? Yeah, was it, I did. Was it 2015 and 2016 or 2016-17? Um, my freshman year was at Stetson and that finished 2016. And then I enrolled in the fall of 2016. Oh, I forgot you went to Stetson. Yes, my okay. freshman year. I didn't know. I forgot you started there. Yeah, it was a good, I had a good start there. We had a good, pretty good run at the ones. Yeah. And then that's why I redshirted when I transferred. It was like part of the transfer thing. Okay. Um, Got it. Yeah. So, which was unfortunate, but it all worked out in the end. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who did uh, who'd you play with at Stetson? Um, I played with this like gnarly fifth year. Um, her name was Vendy. She was from Czech. Okay. But she was like an all-American indoor player. And I always called her Babichka, which means grandma. And <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like been a senior for three years. So. <laughs> yeah. so it's funny. But yeah, I had a good year in there and stuff. So nothing bad to say there. But Yeah. Was, uh, well, how come you transferred? Because, I mean, DeLand is not that far from, from Tallahassee. Um, what prompted the move to Florida State? Um, so it, it's like, it was just a combination of my academics, athletics, and like the way I grew up. So, um, I really wanted to play on like, um, I wanted to play for like coach Brooke and stuff and, mm -hmm. uh, for a bigger program. And then also I had like, when I grew up, uh, Florida state was like always my dream school, just growing up in South Florida. Cause my mom went there. Okay. Um, but when I was getting recruited, it was with the old coach and stuff. So it just like, didn't work out. Um, and then also I wanted to do the nutrition program that, um, okay. is at Florida state. So it all just kind of like worked out that way. And, um, but I had a good year at Stetson. It was fun. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, I love that, like places like Florida or Maryland, I think it's so cool because you grow up like loving the one big state school. I guess in Florida, you kind of have two choices between UF and FSU. But yeah. Maryland, like, we grew up like all I ever wanted to do was go to University of Maryland. It's the only, I applied to that in West Virginia. That was yes. it. Oh my gosh. School. And I'm sure that you were kind of the same way where you were just like, it's, it's FSU. And like, that's number one. If you had that chance, I'm sure you're taking it. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. We actually have family friends. Isn't the mascot like the Terrapins? Yep. 
the tur- okay yeah because they're all from baltimore they're like okay. diehard ravens fans and um they would like give me gear like shirts with terrapins all the time that's so <laughs> probably not saying it right <laughs> no you said it right you nailed it yeah um but yeah so i like grew up in the garden gold and stuff and just kind of worked out and then coach and then we got like ended up getting jason and stuff too so yeah the, it's now i've been here for so long and like it's kind of um i've i'm just used to it but i try to like think back to when i was younger and i was like so stoked to like go to florida state and stuff yeah we were just talking about um like all the good coaches in florida but i mean how about all the good coaches just at florida state <laughs> like you know, with, with brooke niles who was an awesome player and now I feel like she's your the conference coach of the year every year. And then <laughs> your assistant is Jason Lockhead, who works with Phil and Nick, like one of the best American teams ever. And then your volunteer assistant is old Johnny Justice, yeah. who's so great. And then you get Nick, who helps out from time to time, right? Uh, yeah, every once in a while. Not as much as he used to more. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like pretty stacked. I love them. It's so great. Um. I can't like say enough good things. I try to like, it just, you get like used to seeing them every day. So it just like becomes normal. Yeah. Um, but I try to remember how awesome they all are and stuff and how great it is. I mean, it's easy to remember cause like our practices are so great. Like all the drills and stuff we do. It's funny. So like, we'll be, we'll like do a practice and stuff and then we'll like see, I'll see like game or practice footage of like Phil and Nick doing the same drill yeah and like we'll do it and we'll get like six out of ten of the reps like perfect and they'll get like 10 out of 10 reps like just so clean and stuff so and they make it look so effortless like you watch phil play and it's like is he even trying and then everything he does is perfect it's like oh well that's just that's just phil (laughs) it's wild yeah like watching some of those uh cancun matches is just surreal and that was in the wind and with that like mikasa ball so yeah they should put like an average person in there just for reference. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, especially like with how windy. So I guess what Tri was saying is that the tournaments got less windy with each one. Cause I don't know if you watched that first one, but that was crazy. Like I've never seen that level of player. Yeah. Oh, like it was like jungle ball. They're just like, just keep it off the floor basically. And I know. By the third one, it was, it was good volleyball again, but um, that would be funny just to put a normal person out there or just like, throw two people out there to try to pass Adrian Skyballs just to see yeah. what happens. <laughs> exactly. I'd love to see that. I mean, even the pro players can hardly pass it and stuff. It's so nice. Yeah. Did you watch uh, Phil and Nick's bronze medal match against him? No, they were just talking about it today, but I heard it was pretty tough. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious because Nick, I think Nick and Adrian and Phil all have a pretty good relationship because they grew up like playing in Florida. Um, yeah. And so, like, they have that kind of mutual respect for one another. And so, yeah. Nick, Nick, Nick and Adrian were just, like, banding back and forth the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So fun. Um, I remember, like, growing up watching Adrian Skyball at Dig the Beaches. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was, like, a cool thing that he, like, just a fun player to watch. And now it's been cool to see him, like, go to the Olympics. And a lot of the people down here, like, knew him, like, pretty well. Yeah. I just – I was too young to know him, but – it's cool. <laughs> so, so you grew up in Jupiter, which like is southeast Florida. Yeah, it's like an hour north of Fort Lauderdale. So okay, 
I'd always yeah. drive down there and play. And stuff. So you grew up playing beach. Yeah, I like kind of lived the dream in high school because <laughs> I, I started playing like with a women's group and I would, uh, I got, I like saved up and got a car and I would just like go to tournaments every weekend and That's like awesome. drive all over the day in high school with my friends. And I kind of had like an out with my mom. Like if I was going to play volleyball, I could like be gone for as long as I wanted. But, <laughs> oh, it was so fun. Um, Yeah. Really, those were good days. And then the NVL was like also kind of going on in Florida. Yeah. So I got some like cool experience and stuff. So I grew up like playing more like open tournaments in Florida than like junior tournaments and doing like the whole club thing. Yeah. So I uh, I was like good at all the strategy and kind of like game stuff and like how to, you know, make a game plan and everything but then like my technique was horrible like I didn't learn how to kick out until I got to college and <laughs> it's like crazy so but I feel like that's the way to go just like you going into it like open tournaments just seeing the highest level in the state which in, in Florida is, is a pretty high level so even though it might have you might have this kind of like homegrown style of play that you know Brooke and Jason could refine later, I feel like you probably came in as a as a pretty dang good player just from all the experience you had. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to measure myself because I like didn't really get to play a lot of the top juniors. Um, but yeah, it was it was I think like the game teaches itself to a degree. So uh, yeah, and then I after my freshman year, we like we did pretty good. We got all American stuff at the end of it, which was sick because. Um, I didn't think that was going to happen. And we like made the eighth seed at nationals Yeah, at freshman year. That was like, uh, the first NCAA year, but I made this, uh, USA, like a one group and Barb Fontana was coaching it. <laughs> she was just like drilling the approach footwork into my head every rep. And I was like, I would like just totally miss the ball at first. Um, but you live and you learn. So <laughs> learn. And I'm sure that, uh, that you have learned quite a good deal in your time at Florida state. Yeah, it's insane. Um, but also like, you don't really feel like you're getting better, like in the day to day. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like you go back and watch film from like a year or two ago. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. I think like watching old film or just like reading old journals or, or whatever you do to kind of like <laughs> keep memories. And it's like, okay, I am getting better. No matter yeah. how slow it feels, <laughs> progress is happening. It's so true because, I mean, you've probably seen like the graphs where it's like you think improvement happens like this, but it's actually like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I think that's like a really valuable thing actually is to go back and like kind of pat yourself on the back for improvement because it's just so easy to like harp on like what you're doing wrong all the time. Yeah. Um, that's something I've actually had to like, that's like a skill in itself is like taking time to kind of celebrate when you improve. Yeah. And especially, I mean, with how, how good you guys are at, at Florida state too. Um, Cause I feel like for you guys, is it almost an expectation for you to win conference at this point, even though LSU is in that conference, like you guys have won what, like five, six straight. Yeah, we've, yeah. Five straight now. Um, it's, it gets harder every single year. Um, yeah. Cause LSU has been getting better, but just the whole conference, like TCU is really good this year too. And um yeah, that's the goal, always to win it. And every year we're just kind of like, we're going to, are we going to win it again? <laughs> and, yeah. and 
we've been able to pull it out and stuff. So I don't know. I think, yeah. And your, so your freshman year was what the first year that it went from ABCA to NCAA? Yes. Okay. So Full timing. I actually got to play the first ever nationals match because it was the one seed versus the eighth seed. Okay. This is just like a fun historical fact that I'm older and I like to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> but FSU was the one seed and Stetson was the eighth seed and I got to play Jace Pardon. Um, it was like the first ever nationals match. It was like yeah. so cool. It was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So, um, but yeah, I'm old, man. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> what degree are you about to get? So you, you have your undergrad. Are you about to get your master's or like one step beyond that? I feel like you're like way up there in, in the medical schooling. Yeah. I like try not to. So I'm doing nutrition um, my, like, it's called dietetics, which is just nutrition. Okay. Um, and I got an undergrad and then a master's, which is two years. So okay, it worked perfect that I got another year of eligibility because I was graduating this May anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. so are you like the team nutritionist? Sometimes our team is like really healthy on their own. Uh, <laughs> if anything, I have to like tell them to eat burgers more often, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I like try to remind them about just little things, but we have a sports RD for the school and stuff. So I try to stay in my lane unless it's like, (laughs) (laughs) but well, in this textbook, I just read that we should actually eat this on the boat on the road. So yeah, (laughs) well, it's crazy. Like I'll be researching something and see a paper about how nutrition and sleep is like proven to enhance performance so much more than like, ice bathing or um stretching and rolling or like any recovery stuff like if you're not eating right and sleeping it's like that stuff's not going to help you yeah and that's what nutrition is like my latest kind of rabbit hole i'm going on with books like last year every year it's kind of like i go down some other rabbit hole it's like last year like with COVID and everything is like trying to figure out different ways to make passive income so i just read real estate books like all of them and then this year I'm on uh, nutrition. And have you ever read anything or heard anything by uh, Mark Hyman? Oh, is that the uh, primal? He wrote, um, he's like, he wrote this thing called the Pegan diet. He's like, it's a mix between paleo and vegan. He's like, it's not one extreme or the other. It's just like a happy medium. And so I'm just like reading all of his stuff and just like figuring out what is the most anti-inflammatory things I could eat. Well, and how can I figure this out? And so that's my latest kick. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. There's so many good books out there. Yeah. It's hard because there's so many things that like contradict other things and they're all like well cited. And I'm sure you, you ran into this problem a bit uh, in school where just like every, this thing's well cited. And then you have this argument that contradicts that one, but that's also backed by all this research. And I'm like, well, none (laughs) none of this is clear. Nutrition is like one of the most crazy, like controversial sciences. Cause it's hard, first of all, to study because everybody processes things differently. Like some people's bodies work better off carbs and some people's bodies work better off fats. And there's just whole other like things that aren't taken into consideration when they like even pick people for studies. Yeah. Also it depends how far you want to get into the rabbit hole of like, um, how bad like processed foods are and, um, like a lot of like 
for example, you'll find like a study that says that milk is like really good for you, but it'll be sponsored by like the dairy council or <laughs> like Coke sponsors all these and like craft uh, foods and stuff. They sponsor uh, research. So it's like, you really have to weed through a lot to get to like, um, but honestly, I think it's just about balance between like lifestyle and how much time you want to put into your nutrition and like you could have a perfect diet, but it could take you like 40 hours a week to, to like prep and, budget <laughs> yeah. and everything. So, um, I mean, yeah, just, I think trying to eat as fresh as you can. is always, yeah, it's common sense to a degree, like trying to eat vegetables, trying not to eat things that have been processed. So, yeah. But have it's you, exciting. have you found like a correlation? Cause I know that Brooke has you guys wearing uh, the whoop bands have you found like a correlation between what foods work for you with recovery? And obviously there's a lot of variables between like how hard you lift and the mental strain of tests and exams and and whatnot. But I didn't know if you had found anything. Oh, um, that's a good question. Not necessarily with whoop. And I don't know if it really affects your, um, your recovery as like what you're eating. But I do know, like, specifically for female athletes, we need different amounts of food depending what, uh, like, menstrual phase we're in. Sorry, yeah. I was talking about gross. <laughs> you have a one. We have one for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that's been interesting is, like, some of my friends are actually doing research, like, um, the week before your period, you need, like, 500 calories more a day. And then the week after, you need 500 calories less. And it makes sense because a lot of girls, like, there's just such big fluctuation that, like, how hungry we are. And it's, like, natural and stuff. So um, that's just been cool for female athletes. Like, um, there's a lot of female athletes, like, struggling with body image and eating disorders and stuff. And um, that's not in beach volleyball. That's, like, in all sports. There's a bunch of research on it. Um, So I'm actually kind of looking into, like, um, how I can kind of take some of the research and, like, put it into, like, something that's helpful yeah but I'm really passionate about it you know I think it's important to have a healthy relationship with food for sure when you're a female athlete because our bodies do such awesome things and stuff so yeah I know that uh well Kim Hildreth who you're obviously good friends with down in Florida she's big into nutrition now I think she just passed some certification exam yeah and I don't know the names of all these things I feel like there's so many different certificates and 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 uh, like certifications and stuff, but I'm sure that you guys have probably chatted a good bit about it. Yeah. She's awesome. And she's like really working like one-on-one with people and stuff. I think she's doing more uh, like uh, health coaching and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Stoked for her. And she doesn't have to coach as much and stuff. That's always always good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's so many like um, certifications and nutrition and stuff, but um RDs are supposed to be like the experts, but also RDs are kind of trained to work in like schools and hospitals and like government stuff or like with sports teams. So it's kind of, there's a lot, there's a lot of different ways you can go with it, which is (laughs) Yeah. But that's cool that you got to learn a skill set that is going to help you with your career as an athlete in terms of like, you know, the best foods or at least an optimal 
diet that you're going to be putting in your body. Cause I feel like a lot of people on the beach, they're just like, yeah, I'll eat like an egg McMuffin and French fries yeah. and then just roll out to a match. And I'm like, that can't be great. <laughs> it's crazy. Like the range of nutrition. <laughs> some of the people, like you see some people like bringing their own like huge salads and like in their coolie packs to tournaments, like eating so clean. And then other people are like, going through the drive-through and it doesn't necessarily always correlate with how you finish either <laughs> i know it's crazy like i'll watch you know we'll go to like a fuds for example yeah and i'll just see people just be absolute dumpsters and just throw <laughs> every bad thing into their body and just be yeah. and like guys on my own team like cody caldwell i'm like dude, you, slept <laughs> two, you slept two hours in the last three days combined and you weren't drinking <laughs> water the whole time and you weren't eating vegetables, and yet here you are just like bouncing 50 balls in a row. Like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's strange. Well, even um, I was talking with Tori about this because she feels very strongly about like getting a burger in every once in a while and stuff. And kind of, I think people can sometimes try to eat like too healthy to a degree. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, making sure you're getting your calories in and stuff. And she was saying, I guess. Um, this is like third hand information now, but I guess Jenny Johnson Jordan, when she was at UCLA, um, told Tori that like they would like go to McDonald's and stuff when they were playing on the world tour. And it was like, cause it's the same, like all over the world, the McDonald's. So I was like, that's kind of smart. And it's like cheap and you can get your calories in. So I like would be curious to see how many world tour players like eat good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently in uh, the Beijing Olympics, Usain Bolt, all he ate was chicken McNuggets. Cause he was like, this is what I know. Did he get, that, though? Huh? <laughs> Did he get like a check from McDonald's? He might've. And like, who knows if that story is true, but I've heard it like, like told a bunch of times. Like, I, I don't yeah. know, but I feel like some people can just deal with it and just be totally fine that's true yeah if he's doing that then like something <laughs> yeah because i think I at some know. point especially like beach volleyball players we burn so many calories at right. some point it's just like you need a certain amount coming back in and while the sources are important a lot of the importance is just like are we getting enough so we're not just wilting <laughs> yeah exactly how's it try here just want to take a quick commercial break to let you know about a new game called crossnet CrossNet is the f world's first four-square volleyball game. So instead of there being two sides of the net, there's four sides to the net, and it X's in the middle. Uh, it's a really fun game, and I joined the CrossNet team late last year, and I've been having a lot of fun with it with my buddies out in Hawaii and also here in California. Uh, I've been playing with other pros as well, like Casey Patterson and the Crab Brothers, uh, but it's not just for pros. It's actually great for all skill levels. In fact, CrossNet is being played in over 10,000 schools to help teach the game of volleyball. So it really is for anybody, and I highly recommend it. CrossNet is now available in Walmart, Dick's, Shields, Academy Sports, and pretty much every other major retailer. So you shouldn't have a problem getting it. Or you can just head to CrossNetGame.com to pick up a net and make sure to use code SANDCAST for $25 off your order. All right, back to the action. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends over at Wilson Volleyball. You guys know the drill. The AVP plays with Wilson Volleyballs. You know why? Because it is the absolute best volleyball in the game. 
The college game plays with Wilson. Even the German tour is playing with Wilson Volleyball. Wilson is taking over the world, beginning on the Castaway Island with Tom Hanks, and they're not stopping until they get the whole beach volleyball world. So do your part and use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to play with the best beach volleyballs in the world. All right, that is SANDCAST-20. It's almost summer again. Time to get your refill of volleyballs. So use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off of all Wilson volleyballs. And now back to the show. There's also research of like your digestive system is like accustomed to certain foods. So like changing your whole diet too quick can be um, sometimes not good. Like sometimes it's good to just eat the same thing, even if it's like a PB and J or whatever. Right. Um, and just make changes slowly and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you kind of have a, like a personal life change coming up in that you finally finished school. You went from having no free time to a decent amount of free time, which I feel like is good timing for you coming up with uh, Gulf Shores, which is Florida State's. Um, you guys have made it every single year that there's been a national championship, which is pretty awesome. And now Florida State yeah. is the only school that can say that because it was you guys and Pepperdine, and this is the first year ever that Pepperdine did not make it. Um, oh, so congrats to Florida State and you for making it again. You guys are the big badass three seeds. Going uh, <laughs> on. This year, like compared to the other years, I was talking to like Kristen, Nuss, and Savvy before the year began. And they were like, this year is going to be like the super year because everyone's back. Yeah. And like, have you noticed that like, has this year been one of the toughest or most talented or like highest quality in terms of volleyball you've seen in the NCAA? Yeah, absolutely. Um, every team is just so much deeper this year. Like we, I mean, there's been some crazy teams before, but, um, yeah, there's just so much more talent. And I mean, obviously I think experience is such a, it's like great to have an extra year of experience and, um, and now everybody has an extra year of experience and stuff. So, but then I don't know, sometimes I think, like if people were quarantining all year and stuff, maybe it, maybe it's hard for them to come back and stuff. But um, yeah, everybody has, I feel bad for all the freshmen <laughs> coming in this year, <laughs> like true freshmen. I don't, I want to know how many true freshmen are playing this year, honestly. Yeah. Cause I don't think it's too many. <laughs> well, are, you, are you currently playing with a true freshman? Oh yeah, that's true. I yeah. am playing with a true freshman. Cause, cause Raylan White, is who you've been playing with recently. I know you, you didn't play the whole season with it. You played a lot with Maddie Anderson, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. When did that switch happen that you started playing with Raylan? Um, probably like three weeks ago. We've like made a couple of shifts like gradually to our lineup, but um, I think it was our home tournament. I don't know. It's all a blur. Yeah. But, um, yeah, our, our, almost our whole lineup has changed except Tori and Kier are still together. So yeah, that's been strong. It's, uh, it's been funny to see like the coaches, cause I, I feel like some coaches will wait until like, say you guys in USC, you'll play each other in a normal season, a handful of times, but I feel like say USC, like Dane probably won't show you the lineup that he's going to play at golf shores before he goes there. I don't know. I feel like coaches like wait to make these changes until like a little bit later. And then nobody's seen you guys in the lineup that you currently have. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some strategy there as far as like 
it's just nice to have film on people. And if right. you move somebody around, there's no uh, film. But I don't know. I feel like in the past, like USC and UCLA would like never change their lineups. But that's just also because they were always had like stacked teams. But um, everyone's stacked. It's awesome. To and watch. everybody's lineups changing a lot. It seems like. Yeah. So um, it's going to be, I think this year is just like, so like anybody's game, I think personally. Yeah. um, I forgot the other part of the question. So you're playing with the true freshman, Caitlin, or Raylan, sorry. Is Caitlin Moon playing? Uh, No, unfortunately. Okay, Okay. because she's also a true freshman, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, cause I remember I did a story on them cause they played a bunch of juniors events, uh, growing up. And I, I think I did a story on them, like both committing. Yeah. Uh, they're studs. <laughs> but how was it, uh, like as a player, how was it when it, when say Brooke changes the lineup and she, does she like, does the coach talk to you and say, Hey, like, what would you think about this? Or does Brooke just say, Hey, uh, you're going to play with Caitlin or Raylan. Sorry. Yeah. It, it like depends on the situation. Like, Um, I think most of the time they have conversations with people that are going in and out just like one-on-one. Um, and then sometimes they have to make changes quick if it's like in between matches on a game day. Um, and then sometimes it's like, we have a whole week to practice and stuff. And, um, yeah, most of the time they're like, Hey, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? But then also other times you just have to trust them. So it's kind of like, it goes both ways. Um, but I mean, we just, in those times, like trust our training and trust you can play with anybody and get out there and get the job done. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that like in practice, you've probably played against all of like everyone so much that yeah, that's another way of getting to know someone's game as well. Yeah. We all like know each other so well at this point, but yeah. So, yeah. It's been good little couple changed around, but I mean, Raylan's awesome. Like she, I forget she's a freshman cause she's so like mentally, mentally mature. Like she's the one that's always keeping score and like telling me what the drills are practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also just bad at listening to Jason cause his accent he like wears a mask and it's so monotone. I'm like, I have to like really concentrate, <laughs> but um, yeah, Raylan's like on top of it and she's played, um, She's played like tons of open tournaments in Florida and stuff. Yeah. I feel like you're coming full circle here. You started as a true freshman playing with a super senior and now you're the super senior playing with a true freshman. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know. I like sometimes forget how old I am and I'm like, oh yeah, Sarah, you have to be the leader. Like, <laughs> wake up, you know? Yeah. And just cruise and stuff. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah. So when you leave for Gulf Shores, your first match is Friday correct against uh stanford yeah um and so when are you guys heading out um we leave wednesday and then i think we do like everybody does the practice day on thursday and then we play so yeah it's exciting and uh, so you guys are do you drive i'm assuming you take a bus yeah we take the bus we've actually uh we're lucky we've like played there twice this year okay Coach obviously did that on purpose. So we're kind of used to the trip. And um, yeah, we'll stay at those. It's so funny. They never talk about this, but the like hotel condos that they put uh, the teams in at the tournament 
are like the oldest, like craziest little condos. Cause there's like a king bed and then there's a uh, bunk beds. Yeah. And then there's like a pullout couch. So every year it's like an ordeal to see if people are going to sleep in the bunk beds or not. Because <laughs> they were like children. <laughs> but um, it's really nice. You're like right next to the courts and everything. So yeah, we're still waiting to hear like there's a whole ticket ordeal going on. I'm sure you've seen. I have seen that. I've had <laughs> so many people like text me and be like, hey, like you need to write a story like bashing the NCAA for this. And I don't know entirely what's going on. So it seems like it's a bubble event kind of like the other ones, but yeah. I guess this one, they're not allowing fans. And I know that, so there's no media access cause we had our press credentials, like kind of not denied, but they were like, Hey, we're just not allowing press in. We can set you up with zoom calls with the athletes. And we're like, Oh, like, great. That's the exact same thing as being there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I've seen a lot of like, it's pretty crappy. They're doing that to the media. Cause that's not even that many people yeah. um, to let um, in stuff. So. Yeah. So what, what are the, what else is going on? I know that, so they are they restricting, are they restricting the teams? Like how many players can come from each team? That's the part I'm confused on. Cause, um, they usually in the past years, they pay for, or they like have 12 people come. And then if you have more than 12 people on your roster, then you, your school has to pay for the rest. Okay. Um, so I think that that part has actually the same, um, it's just up to the schools of how many people you want to bring. Okay. But then people are saying that once you get there, there's like a tier one, which is like starters and coaches and maybe a couple extra that are allowed. Like it's like in the strictest bubble, okay. you get like tested more and you, um, are like even more isolated. And then there's yeah. like a tier two for like the rest of the team. I don't know. It's all complicated. I'm probably not the best person to explain it, but, um, well, I don't think, I feel like everyone has a different explanation for like what it is. So I don't really think anyone knows yeah. exactly what's going on. Yeah. I think people are just mad at, uh, they like haven't put as much effort that they could have, like they could make it safe with and allow everybody in. Yeah. Is, that's the argument. Yeah. Um, and if that's true, then that's like, you know, messed up and stuff, but yeah, I have no idea how all this stuff works. <laughs> Me neither, because I was trying to think because people were saying, well, like a lot of people made the argument, well, it's just because like they're just being lazy or, you know, it's like a men versus women thing. And I was like, I don't know if it's necessarily like lazy or any of that. I think it, I don't really know what the reason would be. Might be more cost effective. I don't know. But it seems kind of messed up that they would have like fans allowed at NCAA indoor, both like men and women. Basketball gets a bubble. Women's basketball gets a bubble. And then beach is just like, Oh, well, you guys just go to the beach. <laughs> no one else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Especially because it's such a fast growing sport. It's literally the fastest growing it's ever had. So you'd think they'd try to keep that momentum going. I know. I feel like every time we turn like beach volleyball has to try to make sure we're fighting for our <laughs> fair share of like media stuff. It's just like always a struggle with the sport, which makes no sense to me because I think it's like the most fun sport to watch. I think it's so exciting. Yeah. And, and, uh, there was like a stat, uh, the indoor national championship was like the highest viewed thing on ESPN two for like months. Yeah. I knew it. Um, I saw the comparison was, I didn't read the full thing, but they had more viewers than the MLB's opening day. Um, that's insane. It's pretty awesome. 
Like that's great. <laughs> yeah. And so people like watching volleyball. That's just, a, it's a fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for last year, um, cause I was putting together like a little media, um, kind of proposal and the world championships in Hamburg got more viewers, like way more viewers than the Super Bowl. Um, which, oh, like, wow. yeah, which is like a little skewed because the Super Bowl is one day in one country, whereas world championships is like a week and a half and it's so many different countries. So it's a little skewed in that way. But I mean, the numbers were, it was a pretty big difference between how many more world championships got, which is awesome. Like American views or just total views? Total. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it has a much bigger potential reach, but I was like, oh, I mean, Super Bowl's a pretty dang big event. That's awesome that World Championships had a bigger pull. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, like, how big volleyball is, like, culture-wise in some of the other uh, countries and stuff. Yeah. Like, I know Brazil and, um, and like, Europe indoor is so crazy, so. Yeah. Hopefully America will get there. Hopefully. <laughs> they have that indoor pro league, I think, starting up for women. That Athletes Unlimited thing? Have you seen that? I, that sounds so familiar. So it's, it's this indoor league where they got enough players to form either four or six teams. I forget. But it was – so each week was, was new. So you'd get two team captains or team captains would draft their own teams oh. and then they'd play. But then the next week, the highest scoring handful of players would then draft teams for the next weekend. And then they do it oh. all. And so it was, it was new and everything was based on individual statistics. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was, it was interesting and they got like big sponsors for it. And I think it was really well done. Oh, nice. So we're trying everything we can. Yeah. <laughs> Seems that way. Seems that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any volleyball content, the the more the better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so you have uh Stanford coming up on Friday. So the schedule is Friday is um so it's there's eight teams in. So it's UCLA's the one, USC, you guys, LSU. Mm-hmm. And then LMU. LMU, Stanford. Cal Poly. Poly's seven and TCU's eight? No. I know uh, TCU plays UCLA, so they must be. Okay. So that would be the one eight. All right. I just pulled up. So we have UCLA plays TCU. uh, LMU plays LSU, which is the four five. Uh, You play Stanford, which is the three six. And then Poly plays usc which is the seven two yeah it's gonna be a good day um i think like three of the teams it's their first time ever going to nationals that's awesome yeah like lmu stanford and uh tcu that's awesome yeah so there's a lot of shifting going on college beach is moving up i know and then mainstays you us ucla (laughs) just always there yeah, top four haven't really changed around. That's why that, that weekend when we all played each other was, like, so crazy. Yeah. Um, in another year, in a normal year, hopefully we'd get to play each other a little bit more. Um, yeah. But That East meets West would have been a huge one this year if it could have happened. Yeah, I know, because there's also some, like, debate. Some of the East Coast schools 
there's like the top four and then a chunk of West coast schools and then a chunk of East coast schools. Yeah. So there's like all the East coast schools down here, like kind of arguing like that they could be up there and stuff. So, but it's hard to know. Right. And that's why, so I think that at some point the playoff pool will expand. And I think that this year is, we'll probably make as good of an argument as any, because I think that LMU is good enough to beat basically anybody as the five seed. And I don't think that there's been a five seed that strong. Yeah. In a long time. And with LSU at the four, I mean, obviously they're as good as it gets. Um, but the real right. question is like, so the East coast is, has yet to win a national championship. So could it, could this year be number one, but. That's what we're going for. Um, yeah, I feel like this is the year it's a third time. Hopefully it will be the charm of us making it like all the way to the finals and stuff. But yeah. you know, we're trying to take it one match at a time. We've been like, you know, that's our goal. Bring home the natty to the East and stuff. So, yeah. Um, just trying to make it happen. Trying to stay very like process oriented. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. How does Brooke do a good job of keeping you guys kind of focused and centered on just like, let's just win this point and not say, look past Stanford, for example, and looking forward to like a, a potential semifinal versus USC. Uh, yeah. Pretty. I mean, they're like, really great like technical and strategic coaches so like they're focused on you know our matchups and stuff um I mean obviously we're stoked every time we get to play USC and UCLA um we're always trying to take them down and stuff so it'll just be exciting but I mean that east versus west weekend I think Julia Scholes was out of the lineup for USC okay um so that'll be that'll their pairs have changed and stuff but I mean, everybody's pairs have changed pretty good. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been fun to, to kind of keep track of and, and watch. And, and you had a heck of a year. You finished what, like 32 and three as an individual. I don't know, actually. It, was, it might be up there. I was looking up, I was looking up the records. I mean, you have, you were 33 and three. Sorry. I gypped you by one. 33 and three. Uh, on oh, oh, nice. <laughs> so congratulations on another 30 win season. You've had a lot of wins, Sarah. You had what? 32 as a freshman, uh, 32 as a redshirt sophomore, 28 in 2019. You did get one big win in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. I had a broken hand. So they, um, I was out at the beginning of last season, but <laughs> I was undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> you were undefeated. <laughs> and then another 30 wins. I mean, you've had a heck of a career. Like, have you, I know, obviously, you're not looking to reflect just yet because uh, you still have a very big weekend coming up. But have you, like, taken time to process, like, what a cool career you've had? Just, like, one with the timing, it being the first NCAA year when you started playing the first match ever in an NCAA championship. And then to just like how much you've won and seen like Florida state and NCAA grow. Yeah, it's been, it's been cool. I've uh, like a little bit, I've processed it. <laughs> it's been like a huge blessing, honestly, um, just to be able to play. It's easy when like you love it to keep playing and stuff. But um, I mean, a lot of those wins are like, we just, we play a lot of matches you do. Um, and it's season. like, I think we've played like six more matches than the other like top teams. Um, so 
it's like nice every once in a while to be like, Sarah, that's a lot of volleyball. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and like every time you play like a team, no matter who it is, like they're going to play their best against you. They're going to one ball you. And it's like never going to be, we always say like no easy buckets. So yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah every game's a battle. Um, yeah. Well, have you thought about what your uh, next couple steps look like after college? Um, in terms of, cause I know obviously like you're passionate about, uh, dietetics and nutrition. Um, and that degree did not come easy and you obviously probably want to put it to use, but I feel like you're so good at volleyball that, and you love it. It seems that you love it enough that you'd also want to pursue that side of things. And it's always that tricky balance that people find. Yeah, it is a balance. I'm like, well, I've talked, I was talking to some other seniors and like uh, other sports and when they graduate college, they kind of like retire from their sport. Yeah. And they have like this closure of like, okay, I'm done being an athlete. And I'm like kind of envious because I'm like, I'll never have that, you know? Right. But it's also awesome because like I'm going to, I know I'm going to play volleyball till I like can't walk anymore. I'm going to be that old lady like one balling. Um, it's good putt. So, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, it's like everybody that plays this sport. Like it's just so fun and I love it. So it just, uh, it, the question is like at what level, what, how high of a level am I going to try to, you know, get to and how much time do I want to kind of devote to volleyball versus, you know, one day having a career, starting family and all that stuff. So I think it'll just kind of be a balance. Um, I'm, I feel old, but I'm actually like pretty young. So it's like, if I want to set some big goals to like do well in the AVP or play international, I think that that would be really cool. And that's something I don't know. It's like beach volleyball. It's just, it's such a like self-motivated sport. Like yeah. finding your own partner, you find your own coach, your own PT. You, know, uh, you kind of have to set everything up. And if you don't set it up, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I'm just going to try to figure that out. I, I don't know. I like, don't really think I've peaked yet skill wise. So, um, I think you're probably we'll have, pretty far from your peak. I think you probably uh, have a decent way to go before uh, you're really peaking. And that's not saying that you're bad now, but I think that you just have so much room to grow and you can't, you're so good already. Thank you for saying that. I <laughs> hope so. I don't really know. It's like uh, the way I think about sports is um, I'm always trying to get better and like be my best. I read like a lot of John Wooden stuff and it's all about like, you know, how can, how can you be your best? How can you reach your potential as an athlete, as a person? And it's not necessarily about like beating other people or like, um, whatever, but like kind of my, um, journey. So I don't know what if I feel like, but also it's hard to know if you've gotten to that point and, um, how, how much are you willing to sacrifice to be an athlete? Um, I mean, you know, uh, so, I mean, you've done a good job, I think, of setting your life up to play and write and stuff. So I think you have the balance kind of worked out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I've, I, I lucked into it kind of where it was just like, well, no one's doing this so I can do them both at the same time. And so I'm lucky that my job and playing there, they go hand in hand. Cause even like if I go to a tournament and lose first round, I'm still not going to lose money because I get paid to go write about it. So it's kind of like, it, it makes no sense for me not to play because yeah. it's like directly tied to it. So I, I'm really fortunate in that respect and that they're just completely tied together, which is fun. Yeah. 
So awesome. And I just, it's like fun to, you're like more uh, storytelling. Yeah. Kind of the way you write. And it's fun because I don't think that there's that much of that in the sport. And it's, there's so many stories to tell. So there are all that. <laughs> Huge volleyball players, like their stories are so cool. And because yeah. everyone is always trying like to find that balance that we're talking about here between like, well, you have like your sort of quote unquote real life and your job and your career and your family. And then you have this just like Peter Pan. Beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it feels. So, I, I know. And like the past, I mean, 10 years since I was 14, I've been, it's like been school and volleyball and like managing the two. And now it's going to be kind of work and volleyball. And then how much do I want to work and what kind of job can I get? Or do I get a better job and play volleyball less? Or do I get uh kind of remote, whatever, BS part-time job and like play all the time. So, I mean, I'll figure that out when I get there, but yeah, I think it's just cool that uh, anybody can kind of be a pro if you apply yourself. Yeah. And so you'll have your chance uh, soon enough. Um, but for now it's uh, Stanford's uh, next up on Friday. Um so I know that uh, you have a busy schedule over there, so I won't keep you too much longer. But is there anything else that you wanted to mention or bring up before I let you go? Um, no, I don't think so. I'm excited to get to talk to you. I don't. I didn't hear the your full question. My internet cut out. Oh, I was just saying. You know, I know I've had you here for like an hour, so I try not to take oh. more than an hour of people's time. Um, okay. But so you guys have uh, Stanford coming up Friday. Do you know how people can watch or follow along you and or Florida State? Um, I haven't heard any live stream information, okay. but I will share as soon as I hear some. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think everything in our sports kind of been last minute. So we just kind of figure it always, out as we go. Always ragtag, spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> it's on brand, so. Yeah. Well, uh, well, safe travels. Um, give Brooke and the rest of the Seminoles my best, and um, I'll be following along. Sweet. I'll do that. Thanks so much. All right, Lefty. Thanks for chatting. Have a great rest of the day. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye.